Well, good morning yet again. It's so glad to be, so good to be with you this morning. My name is Sean Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, for those of you joining us online, thank you for being with us. And for those of you here in person, it's great to, it's great to be here and our Teach Us to Pray series. I just want to uh, point out real quick, we have our online bulletin available through the QR code up on the screen if you guys would like to see our online bulletin. This also uh, links out to other things to give, to serve, uh, to volunteer, uh, to sign up for baptisms, all sorts of things. So if you get your phone out, point it with your camera, you'll see a link, go to it. You'll be connected to everything that we are, we are doing here. Um, with that, I want to give a few updates on some things happening here at Press. The first one is starting this week, you may have seen it in the weekly email. By the way, if you're not getting the weekly email, you can sign up with that through our website uh, so you are up to date on everything happening. But uh, starting basically this week, we are going to be uh, partnering with the Delaware Dream Center to do a toy drive um, through our Press Outreach Center in Delaware. So if you guys want to keep that uh, keep a lookout for that. We're going to have a list of, of toys and things that you can be bringing in, but we're going to have uh, basically a thing out in the lobby that we can bring in toys. We'd love to have uh, just a big, huge thing of toys that we, that we take up there to, to bless the people and the families. Um, it, basically, the families of the, the Delaware Dream Center, if you guys are familiar, they were here, what is that, three weeks ago now? We had them come and say a little bit about what they do. Um, but basically, each week, uh, we help them deliver groceries to families up in Delaware. And it's through these relationships uh, that they, they build these relationships. And some of these toys are going to go directly to those families that we have been interacting with and getting to bless through that. So uh, make sure you keep an eye on that and, and participate in that. The second thing, uh, last week, we introduced a brand new thing called the Go Campaign. This is going to be an end-of-the-year uh, giving campaign that we're going to invite each of you to join in and pray about being a part of. Uh, and basically what this campaign is, is we are asking everybody to pray about giving one month's extra giving. So whatever you'd normally give, give one extra gift in order to that we can, one, close our budget gap, but also so that we can fund and fuel some of the vision pieces that we mentioned through our generosity series. We want to make sure that we're not only just, you know, doing the bare minimum and keeping the lights on. We want to reach the community. We want to reach the people here in Powell and beyond in Delaware County. And that just takes finances. And you guys have been such a generous church. We've seen so many of you step up in, in ways that are truly humbling. Um, and one big thing, we've been able to re, uh, reseal the parking lot. That was one big thing on our list. We had somebody come and literally cover that and say, hey, I want to I pay for the parking lot. And it's things like that. that that's huge. We, we need that, and we need your investment and your buy-in. And so with this Go campaign, again, we'd like for you to pray about giving an extra month's worth of giving. And if you don't give, maybe this is a great time to actually start giving as well. Um, and so we'd like for you guys to be in prayer about that and support what God is doing through this church. We believe in what's happening. We believe in the life change and the spiritual growth uh, that we are seeing, uh, and we know that it's needed. We need to reach our communities. Uh, people need to know Jesus, and you get to play a part in that uh, with your finances and with your time. So let's move on now to Teach Us to Pray, brand new series we started last week. It's interesting, with, for being such a, an integral and, and talked about piece of our faith, prayer uh, is often something that leaves many of us confused. Uh, and I know a lot of us are like, oh, I'm afraid to say that out loud because then that makes me a bad Christian or it means I like, don't love God. But if we, if we think about like, why, why, do, why do you pray? 
do you, do you pray just to get something? Like, do you do it to make, you, you know, well, it makes me feel good, so I, I pray. And then we start asking questions like, does it work? You know, what, what does it actually do? Um, and, and again, I think be, because of some of these things, we, we cannot reach out or we cannot learn about it because we're afraid to be like, I don't want to ask the dumb question. You know, you, you don't want to be the person that asks the question like everyone looks like, why are you asking that? But with prayer, there's so much that, that is misunderstood. There's so much that we don't understand about it. And so our hope for this series, as, as we work through this series, is that we can help give you a healthy framework of, of why pray, what prayer is, as well as give you some practical steps for you to grow in your prayer life. And so this week we continue in our series, Teach Us to Pray. If you are newer with us each week, our teaching team gets together and we each week our teaching hop in a car, we set up some GoPros and we talk about the message for today. So let's go ahead and watch the car video. How were your prayers this week? That's what you want your pastor to ask you. <laughs> what metric am I supposed to use to gauge? Were they good? Were they bad? Yeah. Did well, I get yeah. what I wanted? What, what do you mean by yeah, that? I think, <laughs> I think the metric that we use is just what we got that we asked for. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, that's... <laughs> and, and I did, did not, I, did I did I not win the Powerball, so... <laughs> did I get this? Uh, of course, I probably should have bought a ticket. That might, might help. That's a teachable element right there. Like, if you're praying to win the Powerball and you haven't even bought a ticket, like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm praying for the miraculous. I mean, go for it. Hey. Go, go big, right? That's right. Are we limiting God? Yeah. Right. Are we limiting God? Did Come God on. need a ticket? I don't think so. All right. Uh, I feel like when when prayers aren't answered, we we go to like two places. We go to either God doesn't care, isn't listening, doesn't, you know, or we did something wrong. Mm-hmm. We, we start to look at God in a, um, either an unloving way, an uncaring way, a not in, okay, well, he's not in control. Or, yeah. yeah, and I, I, I think it also points to how often our heart is directed inward mm, instead yeah. of yeah, outward, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. loving God and loving others. So our right. prayers really reflect loving God and loving others. Yeah. You know, um, I think that's that's kind of a bit of a litmus test. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I've never actually evaluated my prayers around the way I'm praying. Is it expressing love for others? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I've just never thought of it in that framework. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's you know significant. We're talking through the the Lord's prayer. Yeah. Right? It's been given <laughs> yeah, that right, right. title. <laughs> uh, well, he did pray it. it so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know we, we've we started off the first week and we're moving into you know the daily bread aspect of this yeah. right and 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 forgiving of debts right mm-hmm. as we've been forgiven and that does speak to our relational aspect mm-hmm. of a heart towards others right yeah. and uh, and understanding that the only source of sustenance that we really have is God mm-hmm. right with giving us our daily bread but we're we're i think you know we're thinking in terms of bread as being cash or whatever you know (laughs) and uh it's so much more than that it's like our our, the living power the 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 source of Mm -hmm. everything that we need to survive yeah well it also it brings it to the daily yeah right right? it's not just the God, big picture, you know, all that. It's, yeah. no, I, I, I need yeah, what want, I need to get through today. Right, we want the big 
Powerball, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that we never have to ask for anything yes. again, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in any way, shape, yep. or form, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, God's going, no, mm. no. Uh, How about you just rely on me daily? Daily. Yeah, that's where... Yeah, yeah, yeah almost the going back to the first week, like the sovereignty of God knowing the best thing for us. Right. And recognizing that the things that we want usually doesn't, like, create in us the good that God wants to see in us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, God is uh, growing us, right? And yeah. that growth process requires some challenging things. We don't, we don't like to go through hard stuff yeah we try to avoid it and we most of our prayers are all directed at avoiding any type of hard things yeah what if like let's play uh just an experiment mentally of what if everybody got the prayers that they ask for (laughs) well how would any college football game end (laughs) wait this the the overtime just keeps going exactly because it would yeah until until one of the other teams is more sinful and then and then one of the other teams is more sinful. And that's how we'd know who the college, you know, national champion is. Because, of course, is. God the supports holiest. Ohio State Buckeyes. Right, because they've never done anything wrong. I mean, we've had Christian coaches wrong. Because, you know, we got some the Christian players. Are. They're, like, really good Christians. Yeah. I think that would change recruiting. <laughs> the, the ripple effects of yes. if, if prayer worked the way we wanted it to work. Yes. Oh, man. (laughs) But that's the tension we all wrestle with in prayer. Why am I doing this? What is it getting? What is it not doing? Mm. Again, you ask me, how was your prayer this week? How was your prayer? Yeah. I I don't know. I can't answer that. So that's the tension we have to lean into is how do I know if my prayers are actually working? Mm. All right. You ever think of that? If, if if all your prayers were were answered, what that what that would look like? Many of us are like, man, I'm really glad they weren't answered because God, you know better, and I don't, and we continue to forget that. So for this series, as we said, we're working through the Lord's the Lord's Prayer, uh, specifically in Matthew chapter six. Uh, I mentioned last week there is also a very similar prayer in Luke chapter 11 where the disciples come and ask Jesus, how do we pray? And it's it's very, very similar prayer. But for this series, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, we started with the first two verses last week, and we're going to just continue uh, to move through. So if you have your Bibles and want to join along with us, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verses verse 9, and we're going to work uh, to verse chapter 12 today. So uh, let's just read this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. This is the verses that we're going to be working with today. So the first one, give us today our daily bread. The first thing we have to understand is that this statement is much bigger than asking for bread, as we said in the video. This is not just talking about even food. It, it goes beyond that. We're asking God to provide our daily needs, right? Not, not providing our daily luxuries, but providing our daily necessities. Um, and given that the crowd that Jesus was speaking to here would be uh, predominantly a Jewish audience, this verse, or him saying this, may have uh, reminded them of a verse in Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8, the second half of it, it says this, Give me neither poverty nor riches, 
but give me only my daily bread. And I thought this verse, you know, very interesting because, you know, the lead up to only giving my daily bread. Give me neither poverty nor riches. And it's interesting because many of us obviously ask for, you know, we don't want poverty. Keep me from poverty. But riches will take, right? I'll take riches. That sounds, that sounds much better than poverty. But it's interesting here. It says, give me neither. And as the verse continues, it, it, you know, in, in a way you see, give me neither poverty so that I don't resent you, God. You know, if I'm in poverty, I don't want to do things that, that make me resent you. And this don't give me riches also is implying something. It implies that I don't forget you, God. Don't give me riches so that I don't forget you. And I, I think many of us, we're, we're in that kind of space with these verses today of, Give me my daily bread, and how many of us actually have to ask for daily bread? I can go to the store, I can go to the pantry, I, I, I don't need God for that. And so I love that, that, that proverb of like, give, give me neither poverty nor riches so that I don't forget you, but give me what I need today. And in, in, in this verse, starting in 11, this, my daily bread, it starts a trend that we'll see through the next couple verses. When we say, give us our daily bread, we're dealing with the today, the here, the now. God, help me here now. When we get into forgive us our debts, we're, we're almost dealing with the past, right? Forgive us our, our debts. Forgive us what we, what we did. So we've got the, the present. We've got the past. And next week, we'll get into lead us not into temptation. That almost dealing with the future. And so in these verses, we start this trend of God, help me with the today. God, help me with the past. And then next week, we'll get into God, help me with this, this future, this past, present, future. And, and with asking for daily bread, today, now, here. It's not asking for bread tomorrow. It's not worrying about tomorrow or the day, you know, whatever. It's worrying about now, here, today. And similar to other parts of this prayer that we mentioned even last week, this line can be very disconnected from our current life. It can feel very disconnected from, from the life that we live. As I said, we're not usually worried about what today brings. I know that if I did not have a single thing in my house, I can walk over to Giant Eagle or Kroger or Cane's or Jersey Mike's or Taco Bell or Wendy's or McDonald's or like Chipotle, Bob Evans, Don Tequila's, uh, Massey's Pizza. Like, you know, right? It just keeps going. Like, I don't have need in that space, and I can pull out a card, and I don't even have to have cash on me, and I can give them that card, and I don't even have to pay it back right away, right? Right? Like, this, this idea of daily provision seems very disconnected as far as us to God. I don't need them for that. I've got what I need. I have, I, in my own power, I have what I need. And, you know, and, and, we, and we feel that, right? We, we feel that in our daily life, and, and this is why we can feel so disconnected from God sometimes, because we don't truly bring in him into the, the daily routine of our lives, because we have it under control, right? I think, uh, I, I think it's hard to even get out of that state. Like, how, how do I even get out? That's, that's the life I live, right? You're, you're not gonna, like, you don't just snap a finger and all of a sudden feel that pressure. It's, it's, it's there with us. So, what, you know, what do we, we do about it? 
over the last few weeks, we've, we've worked about, or, we, or the last week, we talked about building that foundation of who God is. And I think this is where the important part of this, of this phrase comes in, is if we don't remember and recognize who God is, then this, this verse is very disconnected and will continue to be disconnected. But like the first two verses, we talked about who God is our Father, right? Our Father who's in heaven. Holy is your name, you're holy. Again, not a word that we use very often. But when we start with that, if we just take daily bread on its own, it can be a little, but when we start with who God is, our Father, our provider, a God who loves us, a God who has, has brought us into his family, you're holy, you're above us, your kingdom come, your will be done. We're bringing your will, God, not ours. And when, so when we get to this, give us this day our daily bread, we've already done the other work of starting to identify who God is, starting to identify his power, starting to identify who's in control. And so in this prayer, we must embrace who God is first and who we are because of that before we start jumping into our needs what we want, right? God, this is who you are. This is who I am because I, I, I wrote it down like this. This prayer is revealing God to us before revealing our needs to God. We start with revealing God to us, right? This reminder before we start revealing our needs to God. And it's not even that he doesn't want us to say that. God wants to hear what you want and what you need. But when we start with understanding who he is and getting that, that dynamic, now our needs and these things that we're praying for start to line up more with the reality of who God is. There's a nod here uh, to the Exodus story. If you guys are familiar with, with the Israelites leaving Egypt, and they're out in the desert, and they're wandering. And in Exodus chapter 16, God provides the Israelites with food. And it's truly daily food. Food came down from heaven daily. And, and he even instructed them, only take today's food. Only collect what you need for today. And there was people who actually went and they collected, and then they took more than they needed. And then the next day it spoiled, and it rotted. You know, it's, and can, you, can you imagine that? Can, can we put ourselves in that position where we're out in the desert, and we've seen God provide, we've seen him split the sea, we've seen him get us to this point, and we've seen this food coming daily. Do you ever get to the night before the next day and wonder, I wonder if it runs out tomorrow? I know he's been providing food each day, but maybe we should get more today, just in case. And it's like we can't even put ourselves in that position when it comes to maybe food or sustenance. But put yourself in that position. Would you be able to trust God on a daily basis? Would you be able to, to see him as truly your provider on a daily basis? Maybe you should ask yourself today, what is that daily need? If it's not food, if it's not shelter, what is the daily need in your life that you actually need God to come through on? that you can't control on your own. How do we start bringing God into the daily? And that's really what this section is. Give us this day our daily bread. God, how am I inviting you into the today, the right now? 
so that I am not relying on myself, but I'm relying on you. And that's going to look different for each of us. Some of us, maybe food is an issue. Maybe it's not. What is that place that you need to, to bring God into for today, the here and the now? And I think when we do that, when we start with who he is, we start with him being in control, and then we start bringing in him into our daily life of what we need today, I believe that this changes the way your prayer looks. This changes what you pray for, how you pray. And it sees God in a different way. Now for the fun verse. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Forgiveness, the thing that we always want but struggle to give. Why did he have to add the second part, right? <laughs> I like that first part. Forgive us, our, forgive me, God. I want forgiveness. As we have also forgiven, uh, I don't like that part as much, right? Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is hard. This is, this is a hard one. Because like I said, like, we're all quick to be like, oh, man, I, I screwed up, and like, oh, I, I need the forgiveness. But when you're actually like, doing that for somebody else, that gets hard. Because you don't know, well, are they sincere? Do they mean it? Are they actually, you know, sorry for what they did? This word debt, forgive us our debts. I went away right as I <laughs> That was good timing. <laughs> This word debt means to owe something, right? So basically in this section, we are asking to be released from something that we don't have the ability to pay back. Here's almost like a financial undertone, right? You have insufficient funds. You need help. You can't do it on your own. And so with give us our daily bread, we started with, with physical needs. Now we are moving into spiritual needs, right? heart issues. I mean, the whole prayer deals with the heart, but it's like this specifically, really heart issues, spiritual issues. God, help me with my spiritual needs. And as we said in the video, it's set up within a, a relational framework. This is a very relational section, right? Relationally with God and relationally with others. And, and the beauty of this, this first part of the line, right, For, forgive my debt, is it gives me an understanding of my own lack that will help me in the process of then forgiving others. When I come in contact, when I, when I come face to face with what I have done and, and what I need forgiveness for, then now when I forgive others, I'm thinking, oh yeah, I, I needed forgiveness too. I can now do that. I can now forgive because I've been forgiven. Forgive me, God. I needed that. But then how do I ask for forgiveness from God and not look to my brother and forgive him? Now not look to my coworker and forgive them. Look to my parent and forgive them. Now we're getting into like real stuff, right? Ooh, but you don't know what they did. You don't know how they hurt me. But again, when we start with us, right? All have sinned and fallen short. I think there's a verse in there somewhere in the Bible. God, I need forgiveness. I need your forgiveness. I need what you've done for me. And because of that, now I, am, I, I have to recognize the forgiveness that I must give. 
Martin Luther describes this section of the prayer like this. He says, if anyone insists on his own goodness and despises others, let him look into himself when this petition confronts him. He will find he's no better than others and that in the presence of God, everyone must duck his head and come into the joy of forgiveness only through the low door of humility. I love how he says joy of forgiveness. How many, how many sermons on forgiveness talk about joy? The joy of forgiveness. How many of you think of it that way? Are you joyful in forgiveness? Yet, if we really think about who, all right, if we think about who, who God is, right, what Jesus did on the cross, then I should have joy. I have joy that my debt is already paid. My debt's been paid. If nothing else, this verse, forgive us our debts, is a reminder to me of the foundation of my faith. That's beautiful. That should give us joy. That should give me hope every day. Forgive us our debts. You have forgiven our debts. This isn't giving God permission. Me saying this doesn't give God permission to forgive my debts, it reminds me that in him, I have been forgiven. So if you think, oh, well, I have to say this right so he forgives me. No, you have been forgiven. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, if you surrender to him and say, Lord, you are my savior, your debt is paid. You screwing up this week, you lying, you cursing, you cheating, you getting drunk, you doing whatever you want, that doesn't keep you from being forgiven. That's the purpose of why Jesus came, knowing that we couldn't do it. So when we say forgive us our debts, inside we should be joyful. Oh, I have been forgiven. That's my faith. I have been forgiven. I should have joy. And then the fun part, and now that helps us what, forgive others. That, that gives us an opportunity to show Christ to others. Who am I to not forgive? Who am I? I need it. They need it too. And when we don't forgive, this is what happens. It's like a weight. You're carrying a weight, a burden. Forgive. It doesn't mean forget. Forgiving doesn't mean forgetting. It doesn't mean you don't acknowledge what happened. It doesn't mean you say what happened is even okay. That is not forgiveness. Forgiveness is saying that debt has been paid. There is no longer a debt that is owed. It's not saying you have to be buddy-buddy with the person. It's not saying, again, acknowledging. It's not saying it's okay. It's saying that debt that, was, that could have been like owed, it's, it's gone. It's gone. It's over. I'm not saying it's easy, but that is forgiveness. What Christ did for me I am now invited to do for others. We look at the, the great command in Scripture, love God, love others. We are responsible with the way that we treat other people in this life. So Jason closed the car video. He asked the question, how do I know if my prayers are actually working? 
and with these, with these verses, I thought it would be, be interesting to try to maybe paraphrase some of the things that we learned from these verses and how we could see if these verses are actually working in our lives. So how do I know if my prayers are actually working? One, a shift from reliance on myself to reliance on God. Give us this day our daily bread. When I recognize that my reliance is on God and not on myself, I know that my prayers are working. I know that the words that I'm speaking are changing my heart. They're softening my heart. They're reminding me that I'm not in as much control as I think I am. And they're saying, God, I trust you with my daily, with my health, with my food, with my job, with the money, with the mortgage, with my kids. Whatever that daily need is, it's saying, God, you are in control. That's one way to see if your prayers are working. Two, we will experience joy as a result of embraced forgiveness. I, I needed this. When I, when, I was, when I was working through this and I saw this, I'm like, you're right. I'm not joyful over, over being forgiven. And, and not being joyful over my forgiveness almost makes it seem like, ah, I'm not doing anything that bad, so, I mean, is it that, all right, you know. I mean, heck, read about, you know, some guys in the Old Testament. They did some really screwed up stuff. I'm not nearly as bad as them, so. But when I, when I, when I truly embrace, like, God's forgiveness in my life, I should be joyful. That should spur joy in my life. So how do you know if your prayers are working? Do you have joy? And if you don't have joy, have you truly embraced the fact that God has forgiven you? He loves you. He's forgiven you. He's paid the ultimate price. You are adopted into his family. Father God, he loves you. That should give you joy. If it doesn't give you joy, then I think there's probably a disconnect of us either, one, not believing it, or not seeing God for who he is. So I would say revert back to verse 9. Start from there again. It should experience joy. And the last one, how do I know my prayer is working? Forgiveness will be common in our relationships. As we pray this daily, we will be daily reminded that forgiveness is a natural part of our relationships. It's a natural part of interacting with each other. It's a natural part of loving others. And so as we are praying and asking God to help us with this, Forgiveness is more in our minds of something that we need to be doing. It becomes common. It becomes normal. It becomes a, 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 just a, a natural part of our relationships with each other, which is God-honoring, which reflects the nature of God. God forgives. He has forgiven. He is forgiving. So this week, how do you know if your prayers are working? Is your heart being changed? Are these elements of your life, are you joyful in forgiveness? Are you willing to forgive? Are you allowing God to be the ultimate in your life? If we take cues from the Lord's Prayer, these will be natural elements. You may not see it tomorrow. This isn't like, well, if I don't see this tomorrow, I'm a failure. You know, I'm not saying these are ways to judge whether you're failing or not. I'm saying these are good litmus tests to say, hey, am I allowing this prayer to change me? 
Instead of saying, how can my prayers make God give me what I want, it's how is God shaping me to be the person he wants me to be through this time of prayer? Think about that again. Not what are my prayers doing to get the genie to give me what I want, right? Not how do I pray and do I pray it long enough or hard enough to get that thing, but it's, God, who do you want me to be? Who are you changing me to be? How are you growing me? What do I need to see? Who do I need to see? How do I need to forgive? And then down the road, you start thinking back, man, my prayers have changed. I've changed. And it's not that we don't give them those things that we feel like we need. It's not to say, hey, you can't ask God for things. He's saying, ask me. Bring them into that. But if we, if we frame it this way, you will see your heart change. You will see the things that you pray for change. And it'll better reflect God in your life. This is a, a, a perfect transition today. We're, we're doing communion today, so if you haven't gotten the elements, there's a table here. We can, if anybody needs, raise your hand and we can get some for you. Um, if you're at home, you can get some bread, some wine, some juice, whatever you have available. But we're going to be doing communion today, and I thought, what, what better day to do this? You know, we're talking about forgiveness. And and this, this joy of forgiveness. And the reason we can have joy in forgiveness is because of the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross. And as we're, we're taking the elements today, that's what we're doing. We are remembering that sacrifice. We are celebrating what the cross represents to us. This should be a joyful moment. Yes, we have to come in contact and with, our, with our sin, with our falling short, with the things we haven't done right, but but that, is, that doesn't hold us back, right? Because of the cross, we have right relationship with God. That does not keep us. That does not put us down. He said, I've paid for that. I, I think too often we, we get away from the basics of our faith. The gospel, as we say, the gospel is the good news. The good news is that Christ came and he paid a price so that we didn't have to. I, I had a debt. I had a shortfall. I, there, there was something that I couldn't do on my own, and Christ came and fulfilled that. That debt is gone. That should, that should give you joy. And that's what these elements represent for us today. In Tim Keller's uh, book called Prayer, he had a quote that I think was great. It says this, if regular confession does not produce an increased confidence and joy in your life, then you do not understand the salvation by grace, the essence of the faith, right? That's what today is. That's what this communion time is. We can have confidence, we can have joy that because of Christ's sacrifice, we are forgiven. We are made clean. We can come boldly before him your debt has been paid. That gap that you couldn't fill yourself has been paid. So let's take the elements today. Let's get, get out the, the cracker.
the night that Jesus got together with his disciples, they were at the table and he got a, a piece of bread and he, and he broke it and he said, this is my body which has been broken for you. And he, and he takes the bread and he, and he eats it with them. And so as we today, we come together as, as believers, recognizing the sacrifice that Jesus made and what that means for us, that we can have joy, we can celebrate because of this. So let's take the bread together. That same night, he took a cup of wine. He said, this is my blood, which has been shed. Christ loved you so much that he shed his blood for you. So let us take the cup and let's drink in remembrance of him. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your sovereignty. We thank you that you're in control. We thank you that you are our father, the perfect father, the better father than we could ever have. And we thank you for your love for us. We think that you've, you've adopted us into your family. You've called us as your own. God, we ask for your provision in our lives, that you would be the provider of our needs, God, and that we would see you as the provider of our needs. I pray for our, our, our prayers this week that we would start to, to embrace more of who you are, that we, would, that we would shift from this reliance on ourself to more reliance on you, seeing you as our provider. And God, I pray that as we ask for forgiveness, that we would be quick to forgive, that we would have joy knowing what you have done for us, that we would have joy knowing that, that you have forgiven us. That's the beauty of what you did for us, God, that we are forgiven. And that your Holy Spirit gives us the the strength to then forgive others and not be weighed down by that, that weight. May our lives honor you, God. May we love others well, and may our lives be worship unto you. May we love you well, God. It's your name we pray. Amen. I'm gonna invite you to stand and join us. We're gonna continue worship. And I just wanna say, like, as we go about our week, think about those three points. Think about the words of, of, of the Lord's Prayer. Maybe start working through that each day. How am I seeing God as God? God is in control. God is the one who I get my needs from. Let's make that part of our prayers this week. Stand and let's join us in worship. Sorrow and dead in my sin, lost without hope, with no place to begin. Your love made. 
Over 